You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! And welcome to Cigar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Smokin' Joe. I'm your co-host, producer. Whatever the hell else falls into my day-to-day repertoire. Stuntman. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I I don't even know. I may bring the cigar nerds to their very knees this episode. <laughs> Wrangler of exotic jerkies. Wrangler of exotic jerkies. <laughs> Get that um, put on your business card. Yes, absolutely. So, um, uh, yeah. what are we smoking this week, Brian? <laughs> well, um, you know, in, in lieu of a, a film that just released called Hellboy, um, you know, a, a while back, and, you know, something I talk about when we're talking about um, value cigars is the Punch Diablo. Um, well, Punch has now taken the Diablo and created what they're calling El Diablo. Um, yeah, we have reviewed the Diablo before, but now we have a newer Vitola. It's big as fuck. Yes. <laughs> like Hellboy himself. Yes. And, and you know, in fact, in, you know, the original Hellboy film, you know, cigar smoking was quite prevalent. And, you know, we got into that when we talked about Hellboy. And... Um, it's just hard to talk about Hellboy and not being able to talk about Diablo in the same instance. So we got the, you know, biggest, grandest Diablo we could get our hands on. Yeah, so we're revisiting our Diablo review uh, and seeing if, uh, you know, it is too much of a good thing. You know, does uh, uh, whatever bigger size and, and it going from a, a standard roll to a box press, is that going to change our experience any and so now it's a six. The last one we reviewed was a six by sixty. This one is a six by five by sixty six box press. Yes, so six and <laughs> a half by sixty six. Um, this is oh not much smaller than a inch in diameter, which is a seventy ring gauge. So, um, this is a a, a big bastard. And and I gotta say, off the um, off the bat, box press and the larger size tames a cigar down. Um, it doesn't just come right out of the gate with that peppery blast and everything that I, I talked about previously with the Diablo. So far, it is a much more calm and not as, you know, uh, beastly as um, the, the smaller <laughs> size. Which, I mean, if you think about dynamite and stuff like that, you know. Oftentimes you get more explosion in that smaller compact package where this here you've got a lot more wrapper, you've got, you know, a lot more other stuff. So I'm I'm wondering if that's the change. Now And then again, you know, if it kind of kicked off as strong as the previous models and was like that through that entire giant cigar, you'd probably end up getting kind of like the uh Equivalent would be the flatheads. Like the 660, I think, is like perfect. And the 770 is just too much. Like by the time I'm done with that, I'm like, I'm like regretting my decision. Where starting off a little milder and building up to that power 
you know, over a, you know, a, a more drawn out, that might be easier to, to handle <laughs> if they, if that's yeah, what they've I mean, done here. You know, with the original Diablo, I mean, I definitely, you know, could feel the spice on my tongue and in the back of the throat. Um, so far with this, it's just more of a, a little bit of a, a lingering spice, um, in the throat, not so much on the tongue and lips and that type of thing. So, um, you know, the, the other thing is this is a much newer cigar, so does, you know, the aging and the shelf life, you know, allow those to mature and develop some of those other nuances. Um, yeah, and other than the size change and uh, the being a box press, it's still Ecuadorian Sumatra, Oscura wrapper, Connecticut broadleaf binder, and Nicaraguan and Honduran Habano Lajero uh, filler. Yes, absolutely. Um, the the other thing is, um, you know, this exotic jerky that we've alluded to is actually Carolina Reaper beef jerky, and um, I've only flirted with the Carolina Reaper a couple of times. So maybe <laughs> just looking at this menacing package and knowing what the product is inside, <laughs> you know, has made this cigar be like a cakewalk. <laughs> In, in comparison to you know the real fires coming yes. later um so um I, I i haven't fully decided how we want to do this yet but i definitely want to get you know some sort of reaction and just an audio reaction i don't think is going to cover it so you know we may end up breaking out the cell phones and um you know jumping on one side of the table that way uh you know we can get some some yeah. decent audio and video um <laughs> Have something uh, to to post on our Instagram uh, <laughs> later, so you can see the hell we have we have gone through. You know, my original idea was to do that before we ever started the episode, but then I was like, the 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 small amount that I've tried, we may not makes be able it very to, uh, difficult to even talk. talk. So I was them. like, it's probably not going to turn into a good episode at all. So yeah, we'll probably need to record that at the end. <laughs> um, but anyway, I think we need to talk about some sponsors and some other things. Yeah. So Joe, if you, you are going to fight resurrected uh, witches and uh, or even hunt giants, you should call I in mean, the Strike Force. Strikeforceenergy.com. I, I just want to say. If you're going to try to, you know, pick Excalibur out of the stone, I mean, you know, you, you probably need to have a little, you know, something on the inside. It's kind of like a little bit of a pre-workout before you, you know, start trying to pull, pull like your sword out of the stone. It's like some magic in a pouch. Yep. <laughs> Use promo code Scarner for 20% off your order. And with that, it's time to go to hell. And welcome back to the podcast. 
So, uh, now we're in hell. <laughs> it's not as hot as I, I imagined it. No, it's actually, you know, kind of cool. A little bit more breezy than I anticipated, you know? Got some greenery on the trees, even. I mean, you know, and we still got cigars. Woohoo! Yeah, so... As much as we love reboots and uh, remakes, this was one that kind of halfway had decent hopes for because, uh, you know, we t- when we talked about Ron Perlman, I think we did like a Cigar Nerd of the Year episode or something, and we talked about the first two Hellboys and how we were kind of disappointed that, you know, Guillermo del Toro and, you know, they weren't going to be able to return to give us a third movie that they decided just to reboot the whole thing yeah i mean you know the golden army and that story arc and you know just i'm sorry you know when it comes to storytelling del toro just does a phenomenal fucking job and those are very big shoes to fill you know i mean that's almost like saying hey let's redo pacific rim but we're not going to use del toro or anybody that you're familiar with yeah, like the second Pacific Rim movie that <laughs> sucked ass. <laughs> so, you know, um, okay, so th- hold on. Because I remember we basically said, yes, that's the Power Ranger equivalent of Pacific Rim. Yeah. Do you feel like Hellboy got a Power Rangers makeover? And spoiler alert for anybody that hasn't seen this film yet. No, I, I don't think it was as bad as Pacific Rim 2. <laughs> Because they tried it. Well, first, first of all, this new version is directed by Neil Marshall, uh, starring uh, David Harbour from a little show we like to, you know, we've been a fan of, Stranger Things. So I'm like, they got Hopper playing Hellboy. That's kind of cool. So maybe this won't suck. And I'm not going to say it sucked. It probably wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. But it was definitely, especially kind of like, uh, I think I said when I watched, like, the. RoboCop reboot. If I'd never seen the original RoboCop, I would think this was a good movie. And I think the same with this. Like if I, if I didn't have Ron Perlman and Guillermo del Toro's like original stuff in my head, it may have gotten more points than it, (laughs) than I gave it. And I, I think I can echo that same sentiment because, um, you know, I'm sorry. There was already a high bar raised. And Hellboy, I've got to say, the first time I watched it, I was not familiar with the comics, the character, or anything. So it completely took me by surprise when I first watched Hellboy, and I was blown away by it. And, you know, knowing that there were going to be changes, I didn't have quite the same level of expectation, but I went in with a much higher expectation than I should have, and, you know, I didn't get that wow factor. You know, this is almost like, um, you know, somebody being like, hey, let's stick with that rated R comic theme because, um, you know, that seems to be cool. And let's just add some, you know, violence and some F-bombs for the sake of adding violence and F-bombs. Um, you know, Which, because... Yeah. I'm always down for a little sprinkling of violence and F-bombs, but... <laughs> but, I mean... Yeah, you're right. I, I think they very did much try you know to take advantage of is, the... Deadpool, Logan, like the let's make an R-rated uh, comic book movie because this one was way bloodier than. <laughs> Oftentimes, like than the when, originals, when they were showing a lot of the, I was like, okay, it's Mortal Kombat. <laughs> like, and 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 I'm sorry, like I sat there in the the theater literally with four other people. Like, this movie hasn't been out very long, and there's four people in the theater outside of myself and my girlfriend, <laughs> like. Yeah, I went open a weekend, but I went on a Sunday, and it was 
pretty empty. <laughs> yeah, like um, which so far as the recording of this, I think the uh, box office it was made for fifty million. It made twenty six million so far. <laughs> which in comic book movie universe now, I mean, granted you don't have the the Marvel um you know logo there or you know even for that matter the dc logo i'll give credit where credit's due um that's that's still a very lackluster you know i mean even compared to like the previous films box office that's that's pretty pretty bad start um but it it, not gonna totally shit on it they it had some some highlights i mean i will say that um you know, this one had a an interesting story, you know, as far as history is concerned, you know, and working with, you know, the, the 15th century. And, you know, there was a lot of, you know, interesting things throughout history and how they tied, you know, Hellboy into that universe and everything. Um, I don't know. How did you feel about the origin story being retold again? It kind of had a, an interesting way of doing it, you know, because... This one, we go to Hell, the first original Hellboy. It showed that origin of he was trying to, uh, you know, the Nazis were, were trying to do some some uh, magical shit and tried to open a portal. Those and crazy occultist. And then we went down the rabbit hole of like those people coming back. Where this one, it's like, oh no, we've already dealt with those people. They're dead. Uh, like this is a totally different story, but. The way they did it, you know, because it was done kind of in a flashback because Hellboy gets, and we'll kind of jump back to where this all started. But he Well, was, I mean, this is going to be hard because that was probably one of my gripes with the film is it jumps around so much yeah. that, you know, there isn't a very good, concise way to explain this film. So he uh, goes to help out the Osiris Club, uh, which I do I do like that, you know, his when he's talking to his, his father and he's like, He's like, so, you know, why am I back? He's like, well, I got some old friends at the Osiris Club. They they have a giant problem. They need your help. All right, well, what's the problem? Giants. <laughs> like, oh, you're being literal. Giant problem. So when he gets there, they, you know, he sees his father's picture on the wall from, like, a long time ago. And they're like, you know, we never, you know, did your father ever tell you, like, you know, you know we were there. Or, you know, the, they had the, the one seer later. Like, we were there when you were, you know, pretty much born. And so it's showing that origin of him getting summoned from hell but it's someone else like telling a story. So it's, it had a very like comic book, like, like somebody telling you a fucking story feel to it, you know, <laughs> where it, like they had like their version of captain America, nearly uh, the, the lobster or whatever lobster Johnson. <laughs> and they just came in and like fucked everybody up, shot Rasputin in the face and burned uh, their logos and skulls and stuff. And it was like, so very much a uh, this kind of like, you know, if you were trying to hype somebody up and like, you know, bro, you had to be there type of story. <laughs> like that whole sequence just was like very like odd. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I mean that was... it played like a like an old serial uh, <laughs> movie or something. I don't know. I, I will say that you know I would like to see the Russian version of the film because you know they did have to make some modifications because instead of it being Stalin and everything else, basically they redid it so that it's Hitler. You know. <laughs> so uh, and yeah. the weird Nazi wearing like three D glasses goggles that was like the red and the black. 
I mean, there was... It kind of had a cheesy sci-fi feel. Uh, like like we were watching some kind of B-sci-fi movie for that whole origin story sequence. Yeah, I mean... I. As much awesomeness as this film brought, unfortunately, it was counterweighted by bad storytelling and, you know, not just being able to come up with a concise storyline. And, you know, it a lot of stuff just kind of felt out of place and really, you know, distracted and, you know, broke the immersion for me, you know, from this film. Like, yeah, because I mean, there's just some like just weird fucking sequences at times where, yeah, like I said, it kind of hops around. Because, like, the, the whole Baba Yaga meeting. You mean Grandma came, Tits? Yeah, Grandma Tits. <laughs> just came out of nowhere, you know. He's, like, you know, in an elevator, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, he gets summoned to some, like, freaking shadow realm with a, you know, walking castle <laughs> chicken Peter leg. Jackson needs to take notes because not only, you know, are the trees walking, but the fucking houses are walking. <laughs> like, the, the hobbits could really learn a thing or two from uh, from that. But, I mean, could you imagine a mobile shire? <laughs> <laughs> That's the other thing, too, kind of made this different from the original. Like, David Harbour's version of Hellboy, and I've heard they, this one tried to go closer to the like the comic book version, whereas Perlman kind of had almost a... Uh, at times it was childlike because his version of Hellboy and the BRPD are like super top secret and nobody knows they exist, and... He's very like low key about it. Where this Hellboy, apparently, you know, it looks like he's been doing it longer. Like the BRPD looks like a massive organization with like helicopters and secret bases and shit, and and like whole SWAT teams of guys. And people are like, "Hey, it's Hellboy!" Like, there's like not like the whole mystery of like, who, you know, who is this? Like, it's pretty much like it looked like. There wasn't a very good secret. I mean, he was kind of like everyone knew BRPB, who he was. BRPB, uh, you know, I guess to was put it... more public. <laughs> well, to me, it's almost like the, um, you know, they, they took it and gave it a men in black makeover. Yeah, pretty much. Because, I mean, they got like some serious, like, you know, technology and whatnot. And they're... But yeah, that also seems like it's not as super top secret as it was in the previous movies. Like, people kind of like, oh, there's Hellboy. <laughs> He's not even trying to, like, hide. And this, this one, he had more of, instead of, like, I guess more childlike at times this guy's a moody teenager <laughs> he's like he he's, seems more of like just like a stoner metalhead guy <laughs> you know what it reminds <laughs> me doesn't really want to be there is you know if if you could drop hellboy in the metal apocalypse universe that's it's almost what you would have got i mean yeah. cuz and and but i mean at the same time like i i feel like you know i mean you know he he's got the queen bee pecking at his heart and you know <laughs> wanting to uh to sit upon, you know, not beside the throne. She's wanting to sit on that throne, you know. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, on. it's like uh, Eddie Murphy said in uh, Vampire in Brooklyn: "You find some evil ass, watch out." <laughs> so I mean, you know, I, I mean, there's there's some conflicts there, and and you know, Hellboy's already got some family issues. So I mean, you know, that the cards are kind of stacked against him. Uh, but before we even get into our main villain. The opening sequence, Hellboy in Mexico. <laughs> I mean, what else are you going to do in Tijuana, my friend? I mean, you got to hunt some vampires. Yeah, it's like I, yeah, the whole movie starts off with him in Tijuana, and he's like on the phone with his dad. He's like, he's like, I don't want you like drinking and getting into trouble. He's like, it's not the first time I've been to Tijuana, Dad. He's like, I know. That's why I said I don't want you drinking and getting into trouble. 
And the whole running gag, every time he tries to hang up his phone, he fucking breaks it. Because he's, yeah, a big motherfucker. And then he finally, you know, because, like, one of their agents has gone missing, you know, Ruiz. They sent down to Tijuana to hunt a nest of vampires. And apparently he got bit and decided to become the vampire luchador. <laughs> I'm really disappointed they didn't use Jack Black or something in that role. I yeah. mean, he was Nacho Libre. Friggin', I mean, he should have been like fighting Nacho Libre. Would have been awesome. Nacho Libre when uh, Hellboy came in, <laughs> like he just walks in there. And he's like, "Ruiz, is that you?" And he's like, and then you know he, he goes like full luchador. He's like, "You know, look, we have the world's greatest paranormal investigator, Hellboy." And like, and he's like, "Fine, I guess I'm gonna have to fight you." <laughs> and then I like when he's like, he doesn't realize he's like gone vampire. He's like, "Come on, man, what are you doing here?" He's like, "I'm training to kill you." Uh, okay, come on, man. I'm your buddy. We used to hang out in the backyard, get drunk, play guitar. You'd play that hippie bullshit, and I'd play good music. <laughs> I could relate to that. Although sometimes I do find myself playing some hippie music. <laughs> oh, but I just see, like, freaking uh, Hellboy is like this, you know. They never showed his, like, be- well, they did show his bedroom, but, you know, um, there, there should have been, like, just metal posters, like, all over the <laughs> I imagine a lot of Dio, a lot of Alice Cooper, some Black Sabbath drizzled in. Yeah. I mean, probably some Motley Crue. Just like, you know, long-haired dude with like a trashy, like, semi-trench coat jacket. Very much, like I said, like just a a freaking moody teenager metalhead back in the day. (laughs) I I don't know. Shaving his horns. (laughs) I mean, maybe, you know, we talked about this off air, but, you know, maybe this is just a, a gentleman's chronicle, right? I mean, the, the first film, he learns the art of truly smoking a cigar. This film, you know, he's learning the art of shaving and grooming. I mean, you know, he's working on his way to becoming, you know, the most devilish man in the world. <laughs> but I guess, like, that's probably, like, my biggest complaint of this film where were the fucking cigars? How the fuck do you have a Hellboy movie and he not smoke cigars? I mean, that's like Wolverine not smoking a cigar. It's like part of his like comic book origin. Like, if you're gonna if you're gonna play Hellboy, David, even if you don't smoke, man up and have a fucking cigar. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's that's probably one thing that took me out of the movie. I was like, when is he gonna pull out a cigar? I mean, you just vanquished a demon. You should freaking blow some smoke, bro. Light off your flaming sword. That would have been the most badass movie. Pulls Excalibur, you know, he goes full demon and the sword's all flaming, and he just like pulls out a cigar and lights it off of that bitch. That would have been the boss move right there. And I don't know. Like, I I guess for me too, like I mean, at one point they even end up in an old abandoned uh World War II bunker, and they've got Winston Churchill's desk. Like He's one of the greatest cigar smokers of all. He should have opened a drawer and then been like a box of old Churchills in there or something, you know, and fired one up. It's just missed opportunity. Uh, y'all rookies fucking Hollywood snowflake bullshit. Taking the cigar smoking out of Hellboy. I mean, it's R rated. You, know, you, you can tear a motherfucker's head off, but you can't smoke a cigar. It's some bullshit. <laughs> yes, you will be programmed to see and say what they want you to see and say or something. I don't know. But yeah, I, I you know I'm I'm definitely with you. Um, you know the other thing too is 
you know, seeing him flying on the backs of dragons, you know, commanding a demon army and shit like that. There was so much room for badassery that only happened in a 15-second glimpse, and then it was gone. <laughs> yes. Like, I'm like, what? That was, that was probably the, the highlight of the film, and it was 15 seconds. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was like the big thing in the trailers that were like, oh, shit, this movie might actually be good. There's like fucking Hellboy with a flaming sword on a dragon. I was about to see something badass. Like, no, it was just a, just a little bit of a, like, you know, premonition. That yeah, you know, like you said, lasted all of a minute maybe. <laughs> I was like, that could have been the greatest album cover ever. So yeah, him in Mexico fighting vampire luchadors and staking a motherfucker with the ring post. And this this Hellboy too had like a lot more, I guess, emotional depth than <laughs> than Perlman's maybe because he's like. Oh, I I had to kill my friend because he was a vampire. No, let me drink myself. <laughs> He's just like freaking like face down on the bar in Tijuana, drunk. And like the the Men in Black slash Bureau of Paranormal, whatever research and defense or yeah, paranormal whatever. Brap. Yeah, BRPD. <laughs> they come to find him. He's like he's like Hellboy. He's like Nah, man, I'm Steve. We get mistaken for each other a lot. <laughs> How'd y'all find me? He's like, Twitter, you don't exactly blend in. (laughs) I mean, I think that was the other thing, too. Is the maturing of Hellboy kind of made him a little bit emo for Hellboy. And I I don't know. I mean... Because Perlman, like... He made Hellboy look like he enjoyed being Hellboy. Where this Hellboy is all... Like I said... Kind of like a moody teenager. That, I'm Spider-Man, and I don't want to be Spider-Man. Like, why am I'm I gonna keep demon. killing all my demon, bro- you know, my you know, fucking monster brothers, man? Maybe monsters aren't all bad. Fuck you, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't want to be a demon, but I want to see that girl in the dress again. <laughs> yeah. Who was not that great of a villain. Like, oh my gosh. Like, yeah. Cause... I mean, uh, that, that... Mila Djokovic, anytime, like, I feel like, you know, somebody can't, it's like, it's not going to be that great. It's not going to be that great. Guess what? It wasn't that great. <laughs> like, the the lesser demon is like, I want to see more of that guy. Because that reminds me of Ninja Turtles. And I like Ninja Turtles. <laughs> so yes. far, I'm not enjoying this movie as much. The whole time, I'm like, the fuck's Bebop doing here? <laughs> I mean, that's another. They should have made a Ninja Turtles joke. That just should have happened. That was like a missed opportunity. I mean, you see the um, fucking you know sewer covers blowing off and shit like that. Like, I mean, there was there were so many opportunities for pizza and teenage mutant Ninja Turtle references that were missed because they're bad storytellers. <laughs> I mean, even to, like, bring it on Bebop or something like that, you know? <laughs> some, some like, you know, just shout out to the, to the fact that dude looks like fucking Bebop. Give him some sunglasses or something. <laughs> so the the main, I guess, storyline, if, if, if there is a storyline, <laughs> King Arthur back in the day uh, fought against uh, a demon witch named, uh, like, Nemu. The Blood Queen, who is like a badass, like leader of all the monsters, 
And he chops her head it's off. The with... Red Queen. They <laughs> stole that from Resident Evil because they're oh, bad storytellers and they couldn't come up with their own original idea, which is why we fucking hate reboots. <laughs> so they chop her up into a whole bunch of boxes and scatter her around. And for some reason, there's this pig demon that hates, uh, who was a changeling that back in the day uh, tried to, uh, you know, replace a baby and yeah, hellboy I guess that's what fairies did it's like they flew in they you know got the human baby and replaced it with a changeling to basically hide the identities that there's fairies feasting on your young so yeah that was like one of his like early missions or whatnot and he brands the thing with iron which makes it where you can no longer change and he kind of just grew up this lesser pig demon and had to you know, live in the shadows because he no longer could change human. So he has a, a personal grudge. So he meets up with the, as you said, grandma tits, <laughs> the Baba Yaga, who is this weird one-eyed demon who apparently Hellboy also pissed off by taking her eye at some point and banishing her to a parallel universe where she feeds off of children in her chicken castle. So he, she tells him the story of the blood queen and where to find her parts. So he's like, you know, if you piece her back together, you know, she'll make you a full demon again and destroy all the humans and kill uh Hellboy. And sets him on his path. But yeah, I I thought his like his vengeance story was uh was way more interesting than than the Blood Queen when when we finally even when he when he goes to the acquire one piece of it and it's in a monast hidden in a monastery where everyone has taken a vow of silence and he's trying to like beat directions out all these guys that can no longer speak <laughs> they're like trying to write on like little little chalkboards he's like he's like i will beat you till you break your vow of silence and show me where the damn body is it's just I can just see him just, him like just slapping the piss out of people asking them for directions and like nobody will speak because they've all and at the end of the day like Oh, I just got to consume their tongue, and then I can speak the word of God and, you know, break this seal. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of a convenient thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, because... Uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean... The boxes were sealed and with a, a fucking curse that only the, like, word of God, uh, a word of a holy man could oh, yeah, unlock it. it. Holy man. Ah, uh, yes. But, I mean, you know, that story arc was so distracting because... What could have been a film in itself, you know, where, I, for me anyway, here's, here's how this film should have played out, because I'm an expert at these kind of things. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> We've seen enough bullshit movies that we can kind of, <laughs> we, we need to get some cameras and make our own movie, because we can well, craft well, the hell of a I storyline at this point. Is, you know, we already said Bebop should have been the main character. It should have been Hellboy trying to prevent him from the quest of assembling the queen. Yeah, and he, he, he pulled have, that off very quickly. Yes, and, and, and that was part of the distracting aspect is because it would just, you know, and sometime later, a magical voice in the sky says, fast forward 365 days, and oh, that's a new timeline. So things just felt so rushed. Like, yeah, it... Um... The whole, like, you know, he goes on the quest to, to find the body. You know, we see him find the One Piece, and then we flash, you know, 
later on until he's in some like house out in the swamp that they've killed like this whole family and the the dead the queen is like sitting there in a pile of parts on the couch with her arm like laying on a, a on a a freaking uh pillow flipping channels and catching up on what the world has been up to all this time and it's like oh you've already found like the other like five or six pieces like you're down to like oh, i need one more thing i just gonna need a hand that's locked up in the osiris club <laughs> yeah and like i said it was just kind of like i said that kind of should have been i guess a lot more drawn out i guess well i mean i think that would have made a a much more concise and simpler you know story arc if and it would explain a lot because there were a ton of plot holes where you know we're flashing to king arthur and then you know hellboy ends up in yoda's cave and magically bumps into merlin and it's like there's there's so much shit going on that it's like are, are, better yet, I mean, maybe that's the fucking island that Luke Skywalker was on for the last <laughs> 30 years. I mean, who the fuck knows at this point? I mean... Oh. Uh, I mean, can we get Hellboy fighting, you know, uh, alongside the Rebels or some shit? I mean... <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> yeah, and once we... like, Well, let's pause on that thought and go back to, like... Yeah, like I said, it, it almost felt like they pieced together a whole bunch of skits and put them in the movie. Because then you got the whole Hellboy fighting giants like segment where he goes to this, you know, basically the English version of the BPRD, which is more of a, like an old school. And, uh, and that was kind of the other thing: League of Extraordinary Gentlemen type yes. thing. And they're like, oh, by the way, you know, we used to hunt, uh, uh, you know, giants, and those things don't stay dead; they resurrect ever so often. And we have like a grand fox hunt. You should come with us. And and then it turns out it's all a trap because they still believe, you know, originally the prophecy was Professor told. Professor Broom and the Seer Girl, their job during World War Two is to kill whatever came through the portal. But then he saw it was a baby and for some reason he decided to adopt him and raise him as a son and left the Osiris Club and came to America to start whatever. But so they were like, uh, no, this is still going to happen. You know, we can't. He may be a good dude and fighting monsters and shit, but the prophecy says he will end the world. Yeah, you know, he's he's going to turn at some point, so we need to kill him. So the whole giant hunt, inviting him to the giant hunt, was just a ruse so they could kill him with the freaking. And they very they very much look like Warhammer characters with the, <laughs> like Warhammer 40k. They're wearing like knight suits on horses, but they got these. Freaking spear, electro spear backpack things. <laughs> it kind of looked cool, at least. I mean, they did look cool, but I mean, I was kind of like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you know, hey, you're going on this mission to help this group, you know, kill some giants who, in turn, is going to try to kill you. Got it? Good. Like, just a major hole that was like, <laughs> why? Like, I mean, why couldn't it have just been, hey? Osiris is hiding, you know, something of, you know, legendary, you know, proportions, and we need you to go and help defend this place. Like, you know, yeah. why try to tie in all this other shit? Yeah, like, even even if they had skipped the whole them betraying him with the giants and just been like, you know, once Homeboy starts hunting for all the boxes, that been one of the places he went to defend. Yeah, <laughs> just... <laughs> 
And, and and the other thing is CGI is good when CGI is used in a good way, and they, they, they green screen that battle, and it wasn't necessarily used in the best way. Yeah, because even though the, the the giant hunt was just a, a lose to to betray Hellboy, the idiots like you know, didn't pay attention that we are still hunting a giants and. They all got eaten by the giants while they were fucking with the Hellboy. So then Hellboy like kind of wakes up and has to fight three giants. Which, I mean, him grabbing the giant sword. I mean, the fight sequence itself, like I said, effects-wise, eh, it's like watching some shit off of the of the freaking uh, librarians on like you know sci-fi or something. It, w- it wasn't what I would call movie quality CGI, <laughs> but it was a pretty badass fight scene for you know. Like I said, this movie felt like it had a just a sequence of it was almost like watching Love Death Robots again where it's just a sequence sequence of short films. Like Hellboy in Mexico is one film. Hellboy versus the Giant Trio is another film. <laughs> you know, it's, just, it's almost like you had all kinds of different writers, you know. Yeah. Okay, you four over here, you four over here, you four over here and you four over here and sit down and write this thing and then we'll figure out how we're going to stitch it together. Got it? Good. Okay. So everybody has like their own little rendition of how this little piece of the puzzle plays into a a two-hour movie and i mean unfortunately like i kind of said the same thing about pet cemetery but the movie felt longer than what it needed to be unfortunately (laughs) like i i'm almost of the mindset instead of trying to do like two-hour full-length films of shit quality Cut that shit down to 45 minutes, but give me something, you know, wowing for that 45 minutes. Because, you know, to have to contemplate, man, I should really go take a piss because I don't feel like I'm going to miss much is a bad, you know, thought to have in the middle of a film. This would have been a hell of a Netflix series if they had, like, spaced out the whole him trying to stop the dude from, you know, raising the Blood Queen and and just... Either tighten the story up where it kind of made coherent sense, or spend the time developing shit and space that shit out. <laughs> like I said, if they had broke this up into like a ten episode fucking Netflix series and really well, I mean, fleshed out some of that saying. shit, like, it would have probably been a whole lot better. You know, like having the queen be like an end of the movie great threat and a continuation for a second movie, I think would have been much better than them trying to put all of that together in this particular film. Yeah, because, I mean, I expected, like, a big epic fight sequence. And outside of that pretty much 35, 40 seconds, you really didn't get that. I, I mean, mean she, she gets resurrected. She shows up. She uh, restores Pigman for a minute, and they have a pretty cool fight. And then, like, she just does a lot of talking and gets her head chopped off. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> and there was a cool sequence of demons destroying London for for a, a few minutes, but then that all just kind of got sucked together. I mean, if you're going to like kill the Blood Queen so quickly, you know, have them have to clean up like all the monsters running around the city. But no, it's like as soon as she gets killed, everything gets sucked back in the hole, and like that's like it never happened. Yeah, we're all good. <laughs> and I, for, for a climax sequence, it was pretty anticlimactic. Yeah, I, and I, I don't know. I mean, I gotta say, like. I mean, the, the 
the Ron Perlman Hellboy, I mean, Hellboy was the focus. And, you know, on this film, you know, it's almost like, hey, you've got sidekicks now. And I'm like, damn, your, your sidekicks are, you know, almost as entertaining as your main. Yeah, the know, flashback of uh, uh, freaking, what's his name? Uh, Diemo, uh, played by Daniel Day Kim. Like the flashback of uh, almost like predator style with like him and a team of guys in like the jungle somewhere fighting a not a werewolf a werepanther, <laughs> which was kind of awesome, and him getting like bit and now having like werepanther power. Like I said, that could that was like another one of these like here's a little a little clip yeah like but that could have been its own freaking story nearly yes and that and the um you know the the psychic girl uh what's her name. Uh, played by Sasha Lane, uh, Alice. Yeah, Alice. Um, yeah, because you know, uh, like her, she just shows up out of nowhere and picks him up after he fights the <laughs> the uh, the giants. The giants. And, and she's like, like, "Oh no, the dead people told me you're in trouble, so I can't even pick you up because you don't come visit me anymore, asshole, or some shit." Yeah. Because yeah. wasn't she the child that you know? Originally was swapped out for the changeling, and you know that's like, oh, you protected me when I was an infant, so now I owe you this thing because I talk to dead people. Yeah, pretty much. Like I said, her being kidnapped by fairies uh, gave her some kind of like weird mystical powers where she can punch the souls out of possessed zombies, which was awesome. Yeah. And you know, but you never know, really explained, but it was awesome. <laughs> but then too, like the way that she can utilize the spirits and create a physical manifestation of a spirit was really awesome. Like, yeah. Like, you know, we've, we've kind of shit on it for a while. Let's talk about some of the highlights. Yeah. Her, the way they portrayed her powers. Cause at first this is like, Oh, she hears voices and, and whatnot. And you kind of hear the just whispering in the background and she's talking to something you can't really understand. But then once they go to the Osiris club after everyone's been slaughtered and Pigman uh, has, has come to st- steal the, uh, the arm you know, she tries to question uh, the, the the seer lady, but yeah, she just kind of pukes up like a <laughs> manifestation of them. It's like this looks like looks like some shit out of Resident Evil. It very did look like one of those where like the I freaking mean, her parasite, name was Alice. yeah, where the parasite comes out of the body and shit and becomes its own monster in Resident Evil. But yeah, that's how that she like you know hawks up a demon, uh, a freaking ghost, and <laughs> fills them all in. Which ultimately is like, you know, the, how she redeems Hellboy because turns out in another weird ass like story arc, Headbo- Hellboy is the descendant of King Arthur. <laughs> One of Arthur's descendants mated with a demon and he is half demon, half human descendant of King Arthur. So he's the only one that can wield Excalibur and defeat the Blood Queen. But when he wields Excalibur, it triggers his full demon side, and he goes like, you know, full Satan with like the horns and the flaming, the flaming fucking crown and shit. And shout at the devil. She's got to summon his dead daddy to to you talk know, some sense talk some humanity him. back into him. Which another highlight: Ian McShane as Doctor uh, Doctor Broom or Professor Broom or whatever, because. Trevor Brutenholm, the head of the BRPD, in the Hellboy version, very much a uh, just kind of like an old grandpa-like character, 
Well, in this one, they're like, oh, yeah, we were alive in, in World War II, but since we were doing the Osiris Club, dealing with you know magic and demons and shit, we all became, basically, we don't age, so we can deal with some kind of threat that's coming, which they imply is Hellboy. So he's still like, you know, a man in his 50s instead of being like a really old dude and is like total badass. I mean, the way he just like talked, <laughs> you know, like I said, the, the first one was very like Obi-Wan, you know, Kenobi where this guy's just like, you know, Ian McShane is like a bad motherfucker and everything. I love him as, as uh, the guy who runs the the hotel in John Wick. And like I said, anything that, anytime that dude shows up, you're like, all right, this is going to be badass. <laughs> Yes, and and I mean that that was the thing is you know un- unfortunately the supporting characters like I gravitated more toward than I did the the main character in this film and you know it, it in a way it was kind of distracting you know because I'm I'm thinking <laughs> back to how the first film you know. The, the del toro stuff felt versus how this feels and i'm like it's it's all wrong <laughs> yeah i was almost way more interested in you know daniel day kim's character and ian mcshane <laughs> than i was hellboy and then you know two like I'm, I'm sorry like queen b just you know actually yeah she just kind of shows up gets her head chopped off and that's it. <laughs> but not before she tries to summon a plague. Yeah. Oh wait, that was the fifteenth century. My bad. My bad. <laughs> well no, she did she did summon a plague as well before like uh they they tracked her down. And then you get like the the random Baba Yaga sequence where he goes to get summoned by her and she offers him a deal to trade him an eyeball that he took for uh directions on how to stop the Blood Queen. <laughs> I, I do have to give which him is props. a creepy ass fight. Like well, effects wise, that sequence was badass when she's all like crawling around and everything creep- else. Oh, that was just um, fucking disturbing. Grandma tits on full display. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I will say that hell of a barterer though, because <laughs> you know he's like, oh, I'll give you the eye. Oh, no, no, no. I didn't specify when. I didn't, you know, you, you got to be more specific about these kind of things. You didn't so, say when I, mean, I can give you that. I got, so, got to use it. I'll, I'll give you that later. And then she, like, spits him out of her house. <laughs> and then he just falls, like, through the, from the ceiling, just, like, appears and, like, falls down on the table. And, like, Ian McShane's, like, not even shocked by it. He's just like, what? You don't use doors anymore? <laughs> just, like, he just fell out of nowhere and crushed my desk. And the man does not even have, like, doesn't doesn't even like you. Know, it's not go for hey, a gun are you or anything. Okay? Or like, you know, hey, why the hell did that just happen? It's what <laughs> too good for doors because you you know you're an unruly teenager. <laughs> yeah, he's like you just don't use doors anymore. He's like I paid a visit by Baba Yaga and she told me what I got to do. He's like, well, somebody please get me a fucking mint because <laughs> 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 had to seal the deal with a gross kiss. Oh, yeah, that whole sequence was creepy as shit. I mean, that could have been its own horror movie right there. Just. I'm sorry, dude. Like the the old lady kisses, like oh. I, I feel like that was a missed opportunity in Death Love Robots. Like there should have been a, <laughs> a, a you know an entire like five or six minute skit where it's just you know the treacherous old lady kiss, like oh, you know, yeah, was like disgusting. <laughs> oh, 
You know, I, I was expecting her to suck his eyeball out there in that sequence. I was like, oh, it's gross. Oh. <laughs> but then you get the, uh, yeah, and even even when, you know, he goes full demon, starts opening up, you know, portals to hell and shit like that. And then, you know, uh, freaking Alice has the idea that, you know, she's going to bring back uh, the professor so he can say goodbye and try to talk help. And it's not like, you know, when he, like that, he's such a badass. It's not even like, you know, my son, you know, supportive. He's like, hey, would you knock that shit off? You know, you, you're whining about this. Why don't you grow some balls and make your own decency? <laughs> like, sack up, man. <laughs> Just gives him, like, the fucking, like, hard-ass, like, Arlie Ermy coach speech. <laughs> and reaches him. And, you know, then after he, like, you know, chops her head off and does the right thing, then he has the emotional, like, you know, goodbye, my son, you're a good man. Like, you know, don't forget that. You know, you know. She, he's like, I, don't, I can't do this on my own. And you can because you're, you're, you're the fucking hell. You're hell man, not hell boy. But yeah, that whole like where he tells him to grow a pair was just quit whining and sack up. You know? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, man, the fuck up, bro. Your biggest shit, sorta. Your arm is anyway. <laughs> yeah, the rest of you is kind of normal human sized. Maybe a little above average, but yeah, you know. he just didn't like have like like uh, makeup wise. He looked cool, but he, except for you know when he. Went full demon and like looked like he was all ripped and shit. But the rest of the time, he just kind of looks like like a regular sloppy metalhead. <laughs> like you know, he, you know, Pearlman. They definitely did a good job of making Pearlman look big as shit. Where the, him just kind of looks like you know, like an average big dude. He looks like Hopper with horns. You know, he doesn't look huge. So if Hopper was horny, you would have Hellboy. Great. <laughs> <sighs> Have Hellboy show up in Stranger Things and punch a freaking uh Demogorgon? Yeah. <laughs> or whatever the hell else we're gonna get in season three. I don't know. I don't know, man, but I'm excited. That's the crossover we need. Hellboy meets Stranger Things. <laughs> like we're tired of all these demons showing up in uh in uh fucking whatever the name of that fictional town is, uh <laughs> so that BRPD shows up to 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 fuck some shit up. Yeah. <laughs> You're they're trying to burn yourself? I don't think I tried. I think I did. <laughs> it's like, oh shit. That was the wrong end. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> Haven't had that happen on the podcast yet. There's a new one. I guess I, I want to... Well, I, 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 that tells me two things right there. I'm not a demon, and I'm not a dragon's born. <laughs> so, no chance of me, you know, having a Khaleesi and, you know, raising dragons because I don't have dragon's blood. Damn it! I got dragon's blood. Oh, <laughs> uh, why I say something like the yeah? Because like the the scene from the trailer of demons destroying London. See this? I think you're gonna go down the path of why I don't really like trailers because looking at that trailer, it gave us all of the highlights. And none of the story. <laughs> and it's like, I, granted, I don't want a lot of story. But when I go and, you know, I don't have regal points. And I actually have to pay for my movie ticket. I don't want 
a minute and a half of trailers that I'm anticipating to be the highlights of a two-hour feature film. <laughs> yeah, because that, that whole sequence of him on a dragon with the flaming sword was just... Like, so the, when they finally meet the Blood Queen, because once she gets all her pieces back together, she's got to go acquire her blood that's in a tree that luckily hasn't been bulldozed. <laughs> so she drains the tree and gets all her powers back and poisons Alice. But one of the, the witches that got resurrected was like, I know a guy. He like, you know, he, he lives in a rock. His name's Luke Skywalker. I mean, Merlin. <laughs> so he goes and digs up Merlin. And Merlin, like, you know, heals them, but then tells them the whole story of him being the descendant of Arthur. And he's the only one that can wield Excalibur. But when he touches the sword to pull it from the stone, he gets the vision of him causing the apocalypse. And that's all that whole sequence of him on the dragon was, was like a minute, maybe minute and a half dream sequence of what could happen. And he like backs away from the sword and Merlin turns the dust and says, fuck you, you should have took the sword. Now you're all doomed. And then the whole other thing from the trailer of giant multi-story monsters like destroying bridges and just trashing London. Again, happens two, three minutes segment while he's he's talking to the queen and, you know, ghost daddy is trying to bring him bring him back some humanity and then as soon as he kills her... Don't focus on her tits, son! <laughs> they Don't all just get uh, sucked back into uh, yeah, the portal. And he doesn't have to fight any of those monsters that were roaming around. Like, cause I was like, oh shit, Like giant monsters destroying London. Hellboy's going to have to go fuck them all up. Nope, it's just kind of going to chunk her head in the, in the fire pit. And all this stuff's going to go uh, <laughs> go back to normal. And I was like, there was kind of just like a lost... I wanted to see that you know epic fight of him either having to fight the queen or fight all these fucking demons running around. And I mean, it, it's just kind of quite simple. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, looking at the trailers, you know, for this and we're talking about it and it's like, holy shit, dude, this is like Hellboy on a Lord of the Rings battle, you know, filled perspective. Yeah. And yeah, people to, getting slaughtered and ripped apart by demons. Like I said, it would have been a badass. And, and I mean, cover. you know, yeah, you got to see like four humans ripped apart, you know, but, like like you said, that, that lasted, what, a minute and a half? It's almost like, oh, shit, the budget's really going up for this segment. Guys, guys, we got to end it now. End it now. Okay, we got yeah. to back off the throttle because we're running out of funds. Yeah, it was just the, the climactic final battle was just very, very anticlimactic. <laughs> but the post-final sequence where it jumps ahead, what, I think six months or so, and now... I guess Hellboy is uh, in charge of the BRPD because he's got a new jacket and they're all having they all have matching T-shirts that say <laughs> BRPD on it, and they're we're official because now we have uniforms. Yeah, and they're in uh, Siberia at some like old uh, government facility fighting another apocalyptic cult instead of the Ori- Osiris Club. It was like I forgot what the hell it was, but you know that you get the. Uh, the the sequence that was also in the trailer where he's like slapping homeboy because now he's no longer a British operative. He's they've recruited him to the BRPD because he's a a monster himself. He's like, all right, man, need you to suit up. 
And he just slaps him, and he's like, it's kind of like the Hulk. He has to get angry before he, he, he wear Panthers. <laughs> I can't do this on command. Well, if you're going to be in BRPD, yeah, you, you're going to have to learn to do this shit on command. <laughs> and just slaps him. He's gonna, it's going to take a lot more than that. It has to be like fear and rage. So he punches him into the wall with his big hand. And he's like, all right, man, good to go. Let's do this. And, you know, he freaking, you know, uh, Panthers out uh, or like fucking wear cheetahs, whatever. And then they have the most badass fight scene of the whole movie. Yes. It is just kind of like the post battle, like the, the post climax I mean, was, was better than the climax. That, that, that shit was just truly awesome because, you know, you've got, you know, I don't even know how to describe her ability. Like, um, ghost punching. We, and we got, we got, you know, soul crusher. I mean, <laughs> I guess is, you know, what we can call that move because I mean, she literally hits him in the chest and you just see the spirit evaporate. Yeah. And like, then the cheetah ripping people apart and Hellboy shooting the hell out of things and punching stuff. And it's one of those, like almost like, uh, something out of daredevil where it's like one continuous camera move where it's like, you know, Going all in and out, Yay, all around for the cam. all around the fight scene while it's go- and they're playing freaking Motley Crue, uh, "Jumpstart My Heart," which, like I said, the, that's one thing upside about this movie is like you know, I said, Hellboy looking like a metalhead. It had an awesome soundtrack, and that whole fight sequence, which lasted almost the entirety of "Jumpstart My Heart," was <laughs> like I wanted the whole movie to be that last like you know five minute fight scene. Yes. Yes, and it, I don't know. I mean, it, that's that's the crazy thing is there's so many segments of awesomeness, but it's just kind of but they're so short lived, <laughs> squeezed yes. together. But yeah. I mean, like that that ending is like that's that's what needed to be twenty minutes into the film. Yeah, like because by the time it was like but i guess then again that's the difference between what a 50 million dollar budget versus a 300 million dollar yeah. budget cuz like yeah i wanted that sequence to be the whole movie like you know up until that point i was just kind of like that's eh, all right you know i don't care if they really make another one but then after that sequence i was like hell yeah there needs to be a sequel cuz like i said it the whole movie should have been that last and then and- it ends with them finding abe sapien or what you think's going to be him in a very steampunk watery thing and you see like the the fish hand come up on the glass and it's like oh shit they found abe you know from the original movies and then you get your two weird ass uh post-credit marvel s scenes where he's drunk as shit in the uh in the cemetery mourning his father after everything's kind of wrapped up and then the ghost of lobster lobster johnson shows up and kind of gives him a a man up speech Get your ass back in gear, son. There's shit to do. Yeah, he's like, you may have finished the battle some, but the war ain't over. You need to man up. And he's like, can I see the hand? Yeah, you can see the hand. <laughs> and then the second one, which was weird and vague and just another excuse to see a close-up of grandma tits. <laughs> yeah, the the Bob, whole Baba Yaga thing is the creepiest part of the movie. Like, that could be a, its whole horror movie. Because that bitch was gross. <laughs> and more specifically, just the kiss. Oh, and just like when, when she comes like climbing up out of that like vat or whatever and like just freaking crab walking around the room. She's like, oh, this is creepy. I hope I can move like that when I'm old. <laughs> oh. If I have grandkids, it's going to be like <laughs> fucking backwards crawling up the steps and shit like that. Like, fucking nightmares. Grandpa's giving me nightmares again. 
He's being scary. Come here, Greg. Give Grammy a kiss. <laughs> uh, that's that's a whole nother level of creepy. The female oh. grandmas can get away with that. Nah, <laughs> I don't. I don't think I'm gonna ever be the guy that's like, come, 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 come give Grandpa a kiss. <laughs> Rolling around in your chicken house. Oh, I'll probably <laughs> learn to play some spoons or something by then, though. Like <laughs> spoons. <laughs> that's an essential old man skill. <laughs> Look what I can do, kids. We're going to start a jug band. <laughs> Jugs of moonshine. <laughs> you want an instrument? You got to finish the bottle. Hop, <laughs> you didn't finish your shoot. Maybe next time. Oh, uh, so any, uh... No, we already talked about them. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say final thoughts on El Diablo. <laughs> Which Deadpool, a Deadpool, fucking Hellboy should have smoked fucking cigars. That might have made this movie just a little bit uh, less fucked up if you, you know, just. I mean, calm especially down, being there at Winston Churchill's desk. Yes, I mean, that is I, a, an entire missed opportunity. I mean, it didn't even show like, not even like a box of cigars, a humidor, or anything. It was saying no, we 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 support you know violence and whatnot, but um, cigars, no. Speaking of snowflakeism, have you seen the photos going around of certain theaters that wouldn't put Hellboy on the marquee, so they put Heckboy? <laughs> I thought that was just a meme. I didn't realize that was an actual thing happening. Well, apparently it happened at like multiple theaters. I've seen a couple different pictures of uh, marquees Which, that said Heckboy. <laughs> I mean, granted, granted, knowing what I know about this film... Maybe he deserves to be Heckboy. He, 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 he wasn't the he prince wasn't of hell, you know? I mean, you know, I, you weren't raising hell, son. You are probably just raising heck because you're yeah. an emotional wreck. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, that might be a an official review response right there. And you almost had the, uh, the dude wears my car reference when... <laughs> When the professor is explaining, like, the mission, he's like, all right, we're going to find the queen and, and kill her. And then, one, you know, then we kill whatever's next. And, and then? then. <laughs> so what are you getting? And then? It's like, God damn it, <laughs> Dude, where's my car? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man. I don't. Let me, let me take another draw of this cigar. Entertain the listeners. And then? <laughs> and then we're going to go freaking give Baba Yaga my eye while she chews on children hands. Just don't give her the brown like hot eye. wings. Oh. <laughs> He's like, said I'd give you an eye. You didn't say which one. You're going to get my brown eye. I mean, she already almost had like a butthole eye anyway. Yeah, soundtrack was good. The sequences when she resurrected a a dead person and, and question them were, was kind of a cool effect. And when he went full like Hellboy and got the horn, you know, that looked cool. But yeah, the climax was way too anticlimactic. I mean, she's like, hey, we've resurrected the queen and I'm just going to chop her head off real quick. We're not even going to really have a fight. But speaking of, of Bebop, Pig Boy, and how much like he deserved more, <laughs> when she steals his power, when he beats like, yeah, Hellboy down, and then she won't let him kill him because you know she wants Hellboy, so he like sucks all the, her his power back. She's like, but 
you said you were going to, you're going to repart. He's like, and I did for a brief minute, you know, you were glorious, but yeah, our deal is over now. And then he like shrinks all down. He's like, fuck, he gives him like the double birds before he like fades into nothing. (laughs) It gets like, explodes. He's like, fuck you, Hellboy. (laughs) I'll get you, my pretties. I mean, he had a much more boss ending than the, (laughs) the actual boss did. Yes. She just kind of went out like a bitch. Kind of to be expected, unfortunately. Okay, so you ask about my th- final thoughts on the cigar. I had to take a, a, a few more draws to try to formulate my my final thoughts. And um, granted, uh, this th- there's a lot of cigar here, um, so I'm only about at the halfway point. Yeah. So what's your mid mid uh, cigar thoughts? Because we yeah we still got another um, forty five minutes worth of cigar there. So I will say that the the spice has stepped up a little bit. Um, maybe it's just because I've smoked a cigar continually now. Um, but it's um, still more subtle. But now it's lingering a little longer. Um, so with every draw, it's like, oh, there's kind of that um, additional spice that I'm accustomed to with the Diablo. But then it it, 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 it fades and... You know, once again, it's still very much on the throat. I'm not feeling it on the lips and the tongue the way that I do the um, the smaller Diablo size. Um, but I will say, I feel like this cigar is a little bit more aromatic this go-round. Like, it's... You know, the, the, the smaller size feels like it's trying to kick your ass... Every, you know, step of the way. This one here is like, hey, I'm going to be here for a while. So you're going to be here for a while. I'm, I'm, so I'm going to give you the, give you know, it to you a little bit. Just a tip at first yes. before we go balls deep. Um, <laughs> wasn't going to take it to, <laughs> to that extreme. But, uh, um, you know, I will say that for as long as this cigar is, it does a very good job of balancing itself. Yeah, that was one of my concerns because, like I said, the like the six sixty uh, flathead, but the seven seventy is just too fucking much. You know, that much power for that length of time just kind of burns you out before you're finished. Where this more of a slow burn, you know, it, it doesn't kick straight to that Diablo strength and and go the whole way. It's like there's a, a ramping up involved, and they also have another new size. Uh, it's called the stump, which is like a, maybe a I don't know three three four inch. Maybe a little bit bigger than the egg roll. So if you don't have time for the full Diablo experience, they also have a short Diablo now. I don't know. I I, I think for me personally, you know, um, we're doing a podcast. We've set aside a couple of hours. So this size here, it's not that bad. But, you know, if it's just me chilling by myself or whatever, I don't want this much of a cigar. You know, I, I would much rather have the... You know, um, I, I think it's a six by fifty-four or something. You know, it's a good hour to hour and fifteen minutes. And when I'm by myself, that's about what I want. Yeah, any I, any longer by myself, then you know, shit starts to get weird, <laughs> and you know, my mind wanders. <laughs> yeah, this is very much. If I was like at an event or something where I plan to spend two hours at the cigar shop. Enough time to sit. Yeah, it's not one I'd want to smoke by myself in my man cave because yeah, you're going to be there for. An extended period of time. 
But, um, you know, I mean, it, it does do a, a great job of, you know, having the strength on the inhale, but by the time you exhale and let the cigar rest, I mean, things have tapered off, and, you know, you're you're ready for that next draw. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm kind of curious. I mean, we know it's the same ingredients in the same wrapper, but I'm wondering if they've tweaked, you know, the the mixtures a little bit to, you know, allow for change of the ratios and and stuff with the, with the bigger blend. Sounds like a a good theory. Well, with that, that's my only good theory. (laughs) We'll be right back. So now we have another uh, blowing smoke episode. So we used to do beer reviews. Now we're going to review inappropriate snacks. So in honor of Hellboy, we've got some Carolina Reaper beef jerky. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to this. I, uh, prior to this video, have experimented with a piece about the size of my fingernail. I let my ass up for a good 20, 30 minutes. And the other thing I'm uncomfortable with is why are we so fucking close? I mean, we got to sweat together for this. Uh, and, you know, we haven't rigged up cameras for a live show yet, so we have to be where we can people can see us do this. So if you're listening to this on the podcast, go to our Instagram page or Facebook. I will probably post this video whenever Maybe. the episode comes up. So we, we may not have anything tangible to actually... <laughs> I mean, last time I ate bugs, so now we've got horrible beef jerky. All right. I, I, I don't know that yet. Cheers. Three, two, one. I mean, it starts off as nice, actually flavorful beef jerky. So far, it's good, but the Reaper is a slow creeper. Yeah. Like the devil itself, it sneaks up on you. And there it is. <laughs> Once you try to swallow it, that's when <laughs> the pain is unleashed. Um, yeah, definitely throat burn, tongue, lips. I mean, I've got some of that this end, the end sauce. Mm-hmm. And that's got more of a burn to it. I mean, more of an immediate burn. Like, as soon as you hit it, it's like, fuck you. <laughs> this is hot. But Where, doesn't the end also have extract, though? I think it does, which... <clears throat> oh, I got some stuck in my teeth. I was just sitting there burning. But... I mean... <laughs> I mean I'll, I'll go for another piece. I don't care. This is this is actually good. I'm, I'm not uh, regretting this decision yet. I mean, I'll regret it tomorrow when I... You know, Get the burning ring of fire. I will say, 
that last little bit and it's still building like <laughs> hard to breathe so going for a second bite might have been bad I think the longer that you chew it the worse it gets I think it's just like juice floating around in your mouth is just oh yeah it's uh I mean eyes are watering I mean just I mean I kind of want to take a whole bag of this it's <laughs> But we've long established I have no taste buds left because yeah. I eat hot shit all the time. I've not even gone for like water yet, but it it's not as bad as the uh, oh I'm like starting to get where I can't talk the Reaper vodka we had. No, but I mean that's so concentrated. I mean for this to actually be a product that you can say, hey, it still tastes like jerky. Yeah, I mean, it actually I mean, had some decent you know, flavor I before the had pain had some you. extremely hot sauces. Yeah, like that. But they bring nothing but heat to the table. No. Like that, it, the end sauce, when I mix it in like chili or stuff that I'm cooking, it actually is pretty good in small doses. But I'm starting to drool. <laughs> but I mean, how, I could eat more of this. <laughs> but now I'm starting to get like a, a stabbing feeling in the back of my throat. Like that's where I was. Are, I mean, it, you know, fighting me now. Brought the uh, tears to the eyes, a little, little bit of snot, and um, but this is the first time I've had Reaper in any capacity to where, yeah, the the food was still delicious. Yeah, I it mean, wasn't like an immediate kick to the teeth, like you know, straight hot sauce that has that Reaper extract in it. I mean, this is like. You at least get a little bit of like pleasure. You're like, hmm, yeah, this is some some good, tasty beast jerky, and then you're like, oh shit, what have I done? Yeah. <laughs> so it's not an immediate pain. It's like a a buildup. But I mean, do we think we could give Sean Evans a run for his money on hot ones? I mean, I probably could. I could probably make it through hot ones. I mean, I would regret it afterward. But yeah, hot ones hit, hit us up. We'll, we'll we'll come on and eat some hot ones. So uh, I. I mean, we used to rate the beer. What do you give uh, Carolina Reaper jerky <laughs> a one to five scale? I mean, I feel like there's got to be additional criteria here. I mean, I'd rather eat this than the bugs I eat. <laughs> this the, at least tastes good. I mean, the bugs weren't bad. I mean, they just... <laughs> a little nutty, a little earthy on the bugs, but they didn't make me cry. This This makes me cry. And knowing that I've touched that, I can't wipe the tears from my eyes. And in fact, I kind of feel like my tears may be increasing in temperature. Yeah, wa wash your hands before you go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, now I'm starting to snot a little, but uh, I give this a five, dude. I would eat it again. <laughs> but I'm psycho. I, I, I don't know. I mean, like I said, this is the first time I've had Reaper in something that still tasted like the intended product. Yeah, normally it's just and immediate. So I think for me, I'm actually at about a seven because there's still very good jerky underlying oh. that sprinkle yeah. of you know death sauce. Yeah. So if you're like me and like you know punishing yourself with like hot stuff, pick up some. Uh, it just says jerky Carolina Reaper. I don't know if there's a brand name or anything. It says jerky.com. So go to jerky.com and find you some Carolina Reapers. Or if you're in the Georgia area, that actually came from one of the little jerky shops in Helen, Georgia. So um, as 
a quaint little town that Helen is, I, I had to bring back some fiery hellness. Some hell and, from Helen. Yeah, I mean, this might give a Hellboy a run for his money. <laughs> and with that... Do you like scary movies? Well, we do too. That's why the Spooky Dudes are talking horror movies every single week. We discuss the latest in horror news and review a different film in each episode. We'll bring you our opinions on the classics, the new stuff, and a little bit of everything in between. So if you enjoy horror movies and lighthearted fun discussions, check us out. The Spooky Dudes Podcast right here on the ESO Podcast Network. Welcome back. It's time for some science. Yeah, we actually you know, skipped it last week, so time to learn you some stuff. We gave you a week off to rest your brains, and now we have some science. Even though we just had 420? <laughs> you know how many brain cells I killed yesterday? <clears throat> Three. Probably none. Because I had a very relaxing day of... Not- well, actually, I, I kind of take that back because I did a lot of yard work early on, even though it was kind of raining and stuff and pretty cold out. So I uh, had to man up for that adventure. But um, Yeah, I did mostly nothing. You know, and... Afterwards, it was um, pretty low-key, pretty relaxing. I mean, anyone who ran a fast food joint was probably a busy Saturday, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I did nothing. Mainly Taco Bell. Yeah. And then all the memes of... Uh, since 420 fell on Easter weekend of Snoop Dogg and bunny ears was yeah great floating around <laughs> the Instagrams and Facebooks last night. What would we do without Facebooks and intranets? So uh, our old friends Boston Dynamics, the, the real producers of Skynet and their creepy robot dogs, released a new video of their creepy robot dogs. But now... Instead of just one on being creepy, they've taught them all to work together. <laughs> Man, that's not going to end badly. Well, one Terminator is bad enough. You know, an army of Terminators working coherently together. Yeah, that's going to be great. So they're so, so now. What, they're, what are mushers going to do now that you know? Since all their dogs become robotic and you know, start replacing them. You know, it's like <laughs> no, we can we can run the Iditarod ourselves. Yeah. So in Boston Dynamics' new video, they've. They've got 10 of their spot mini robot dogs. Uh, well, I mean, it sounds harmless enough. Yeah. <laughs> Come here, spot. Yeah, when you've got like, you know, 20 of these Doberman-sized bastards with no heads coming at you. I'm going to call you spot three. <laughs> spot 2.0. Yeah, so they placed a, post a video of them towing a, a big truck across the parking lot. So, yeah, demonstrating their, I guess, strength, but then also ability to work together as a team <laughs> was, I guess, the point of this video. But, you know, Santa Claus, and he's, you know, if if he ever runs out of uh, flying reindeer, he can always uh, replace them with robot Terminator dogs from Boston Dynamics. <laughs> or I, I imagine they'll probably have a flying reindeer before long. Probably. But, yeah, like you said, I want to see them, like, enter a team in the, the whatever, Ritadad, like, dog race. I get a rod. <laughs> yeah, there you go, that thing. <laughs> I did a robot. rad. What was so rad? I don't know. I did it. There was some robot dogs. They were pulling a sleigh across the Arctic. Yeah, that should be their next video. They just enter a team and compete against the regular. I mean, I will say, like, sleds. you know, in, in theory, like drone racing. 
it didn't sound all that cool. But then I started watching videos, and I'm like, oh shit, like this is actually kind of badass. Like, yeah, I've kind of always wanted like a, a regular drone, else. but those racing drones are badass. I totally want one of those with the little camera on the front. So yeah, if you get yeah robot dog racing, it could be the next. I mean, ESPN did like you know, a whole drone racing series and made it look cool. Robot I mean, dog racing is the next. I, I could almost uh, see that being a, a real thing. You know, you start going to the, the dog track and, you know, instead of the rabbit, they're chasing around an upgrade microchip or something, you know. So it's like whoever can create the, you know, fastest and most advanced dog, you know, gets this free upgrade. <laughs> I mean, that is the secret because, you know, animal rights people are protesting like the, you know, the racing of dogs and racing of horses just replace them with robots. And it's like the, it's the same sport, but robot dogs instead of real greyhounds and whatnot. I mean, they're they're almost as awkward as a regular greyhound. <laughs> and then, you know. In fact, I've seen these things go downstairs. That's a, kind of a hard thing for a regular greyhound to accomplish. <laughs> that it is. It's very awkward to watch. It's not what they were built for. No. They can go fast, but they can't, like, you know, not a very maneuverable species. <laughs> They're top heavy <laughs> and lanky, very lanky. Oh, but you know, speaking of of drones, I was just wondering, like you know, I mean, they accuse you know people of trying to throw sports and everything else. Like that's going to open up like an elite group of like you know esport hackers, you know, to be like ah, I'm going to hack into this robotic dog and change a few programming things, <laughs> and it's like ah, oh, why did my dog self implode? <laughs> Kind of like Sunny's Edge, but with robot dogs. <laughs> Who's going to be the next robot, Michael Vick? I don't know. Haven't got that far yet. We got to get to we got to get to animals yet, and then we can you know have competing humanoid robots. And at that point, that's probably when we're like, oh crap, they're starting to outpace you know human athletes and stuff. Um, we're becoming an inferior species. That's that's kind of the turning point into when you know Terminators are becoming a a legit thing because once they become that athletic, we already know they can be weaponized. <laughs> it's like cats getting opposable thumbs. Once they can open their own tuna cans, we're pretty much useless. <laughs> Good luck picking your own oregano <laughs> or catnip. Uh, so speaking of drones, uh, you know. The exploration of other planets, we've kind of always seen stuff like, you know, Curiosity and, and all the other Mars rovers. But, you know, the next generation of, of you know, planet exploration is now going to be run by helicopter. Uh, NASA has completed some of its first test flights of uh, what they're calling the Mars helicopter, which will be, they plan to, you know, sent up with the next uh, Mars rover mission in July of 2020. But, you know, it's the thing is like the, it's not like flying a drone here on earth. Uh, the, the, not only is the gravity up there, one third of what it is here, the air is a lot or lack thereof is a lot, you know, not as I guess dense or, you know, it, it different makeup. So the rules of gravity and air flight aren't the same on earth as they are on Mars. So it's taken some kind of unique engineering to find something that will fly in that atmosphere. So the, the next Mars Rover is going to have a little detachable helicopter so it can cover a whole lot more ground and study the atmosphere and, you know, travel a lot uh, farther than it can on, you know, wheels and whatnot and 
access places that have you know not been able to access by you know especially like in the mountainous regions where it's just not uh, feasible for the rover to easily travel he can detach his little helicopter buddy to you know go explore the caves and find where the aliens are hiding go go gadget copper <laughs> and that needs to be the command <laughs> I mean, there's so many nerds working for NASA and like pop culture dudes now. Like, I could totally see that be the yes, that, be somewhere in the uh, the, <laughs> the command statement. Oh, uh, yeah, to test this thing to see if it can withstand Mars, it uh, you know has to be able to operate in temperatures as low as negative 130 degrees, or in also like you know a whole lot hotter because the atmosphere and and Mars can go you know up and down. So uh, you know, they they built a kind of like a Mars atmosphere simulator where they sucked out uh, you know all the uh, nitrogen, oxygen, and other gas and replaced it with carbon dioxide, which is the main components of the Martian atmosphere. And they also kind of attached a tether that would kind of offset Earth gravity to to make the gravitational forces on it be similar to what it would experience on Mars. And they've you know made repeatable test flights in this simulated atmosphere. So they're very confident that this thing's going to be ready to fly when, when the, the next Mars mission heads out in July of next year. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. So now we can see now it's gonna be able to take some serious but I mean, it, selfies. But what's crazy though is, you know, these vast, you know, distances where we're, we're kind of going and how, minuscule they really are and you know scope of the whole universe <laughs> yeah it's like oh we've only traveled like an inch <laughs> <laughs> yeah we got a lot of robots on mars but yeah there's only so much they can they can explore so now that we're taken to the skies it can you know increase the what we see and from robot dogs let's talk a little about about you know definitely not man's best friend it's kind of the furry assholes that occupy our high you know, our houses, like we talked about in, you know, cats getting opposable thumbs. And, uh, you know, well, Japanese uh, scientist uh, Atsuko Kato of Sophia University in Tokyo set out to test if cats actually understand their names and can follow commands like dogs do. I mean, dogs kind of obviously know, you know, respond to commands and calls their names and you know, his uh, study recently published in Scientific Reports showed that cats are sentient enough to comprehend commands. They're just assholes and pretend they can't hear you. <laughs> so now there is scientific proof that cats are assholes. I like it. Yeah, I said... So when do we get robotic cat dogs? <laughs> Whoa, cat dog. Yeah, they, they said they you know, noted moving their ears and heads to their names more strongly than a string of any kind of other words, and also you know could kind of, you know responded more to their owners than other just random humans. But cats like to pretend that they're still wild animals, so they choose not to respond to uh, <laughs> to commands. So they they understand what you're trying to tell them to do. They just don't give a fuck. <laughs> it's the basic of what this paper I mean, it discovered. probably boils down to, how does this benefit me? Oh, it doesn't? This is for your convenience? Nah. <laughs> does this asshole have food? No, then he can fuck off. 
Cats want your attention when they want your attention, not when you're willing to give it. And it's usually if it's like the fucking fuzzy terrorist that I'm forced to live with has an affinity for YouTube. So anytime I try to pull out my computer or watch something on my phone, he must crawl like directly in the way and watch whatever I'm watching. It's not that. You know what it is. He knows there's a mouse attached to that device. (laughs) Ding! (laughs) Oh, God damn. That is like dad joke for life. (laughs) Ah, yes. I mean, but so far he seems to be a fan of Demolition Ranch and some of the other gun videos I've been watching. (laughs) I'm watching YouTube. The cat's like, oh, you're you're doing something? Let Let me crawl in right in front of your face and, you know, watch whatever you're trying to watch. Let me be as, a, as much of a burden as I can, because that's what cats well, do. Well, I, I, I wonder if it actually, you know, to take it to a more scientific thing, you know, um, electro energy, you know, emitted from cell phones and laptops and everything else. I wonder if there's something about that particular radiation. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, you know, maybe no cats eyes see things that we can't in different like wavelengths and stuff. Maybe there there's a pretty badass light show going on on that computer that i just can't see but it's like you know fucking catnip digital catnip you're, you're watching demolition R- ranch aren't you <laughs> i mean all that is that video is just light beams i mean yeah. come on dude he's like bro i want to shoot some stuff <laughs> that's like that book yeah how to talk to your cat about gun safety <laughs> that's a legit book look it up <laughs> i don't need to to know that's a legitimate book and that's oh. sad <laughs> I just keep thinking about the cat from uh, Boondock Saints. <laughs> if only they would have brought the stupid fucking rope. <laughs> yeah. Well, in uh, our our final story here, you know, uh, new uh, research. Uh, they're trying to visualize and see what goes on in your brain. Researchers at the University of Minnesota have. Uh, Literally put transparent see-through implants into the top of mouse skulls, allowing them to watch the brain as it, you know, is stimulated and interacts with stuff. You know, they're they're hoping, you know, eventually this can kind of be, I guess, tested on a human brain. But uh, they think this will give them, you know, glimpses into conditions such as concussions, dementia, Alzheimer's disease, and Parkinson's, where they can actually, you know, right now we can kind of only see what the brain is doing through you know, MRIs and digital imagery where this, they can literally look at the cortex of the brain and see what the fuck it's doing. And I'm not going to say the, the, you know, scientist working on this cause his name is about 30 letters long and I can, can't pronounce it. Come on, dude. <laughs> Where's your adventurous? Uh, it's Sushasha Koden Ramaharaha. Hey, <laughs> perfect. He is a mechanical engineer at the university of Minnesota <laughs> or Minnesota. Yeah, depending on uh, where you're from. So that's all I got. Uh, you know, would you like you know a brain implant? Is that is that going to be the new fashion uh, des- you know, of 2020? Check out my my see through brain. Uh, I don't know. I mean that that might answer the the added. Does Brad actually have a brain? <laughs> I do. See, look, you can see. <laughs> Why is it so small? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Check out the big brain on Brad. <laughs> uh, and that's not the that. only thing big ladies oh <laughs> uh, yes it is <laughs> and with Probably that true story. we'll be right back and now it's time 
all things nerdy in Nerd News. And welcome to Nerd News. In this rendition of Nerd News, we're going to talk about Lucasfilms and Star Wars and Disney. And that'll probably be the entire segment because everything revolves around Lucasfilms, Star Wars, and Disney. <laughs> it's all Marvel everything, man. Everything is Marvel. Coke yes. is Marvel. Disney rules us all. Yes, absolutely. I, mean, I wish they'd buy me out. <laughs> Maybe they will. You never know. Who, who knows? Um, but yes, uh, you know, kind of an interesting trailer here. Um, uh, the 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 eighth installment was uh, I don't know. wasn't wasn't quite up to par with what I typically want from Star Wars. So here. It's like all things are coming back because apparently nothing is dead in this universe. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm waiting for the resurrection of Jar Jar Binks and uh, oh. Emperor uh, Palpatine. And and we'll probably see Darth Pegasus. And... <laughs> Darth Pegasus. <laughs> I mean, one of the complaints we've had of this new Star Wars trilogy is everything is just a remake of the previous movies. And now the third movie, we see a piece of a destroyed Death Star and we hear the Emperor's creepy laugh right after Luke says, nothing is ever really gone. Oh, they're just doing Empire Strikes, or uh, freaking Return of the Jedi <laughs> version 2. I mean, they, they really should have just called this the pre-sequels. Because at this point, <laughs> everything is rewinding and it's turning into a pre-sequel. <laughs> Remember and, this war that's been ongoing for more than 30 years that we just can't seem to resolve? Well, let's just start over from square one and have another 30 years of the same goddamn war. <laughs> uh, and as much as, you know, after rewatching Freaking Last Jedi and kind of. It's like every one of these movies, at first glance, I'm like, this is kind of awesome just because I've missed Star Wars. And then you're like, watch it again, you're like, oh, this wasn't awesome. You know, I'm in the complete opposite band camp, though. It's because they're getting turned out so frequently that now, like, you know, Star Wars is just a, a another thing. It's, it's lost yeah. that nostalgia, you like, know, kind of. It's like, yeah, it's Star Wars. I'll still see it. Am I going to break down and see it on opening night or, you know, wait probably. for the midnight premieres? <laughs> Probably not, you know, for me. But Cause this thing is like, every, after that, I'm like, I'm done. And like, we, we discussed that Solo, part of the the crash that Solo had was due to being so close to Last Jedi, so you hadn't had a chance to, you know, build up a, a desire to see it again. We're, we've had a little time since Solo before this came out. I mean, we had, we got a, a year or more cool off period. And I'm like, ah, fuck, I don't, I don't know if I want to see it. And then that trailer comes out and you're like, Oh shit! Those motherfuckers. I kind of want to see this. It's, then I'm going to be disappointed, you know. <laughs> but right now, I'm like, all right, this looks pretty badass. That whole little backflip over the fucking tie interceptor was, you know, pretty sweet. The only thing it needed to show was like, you know, the lightsaber cutting the interceptor in yeah. half or something, and like, and you know, we got Lando flying the Falcon, and I'm, and it, he's like, OG with the cape and everything. And you're like, fuck yeah, Lando's back, which. They should have had him in the last movie. Like he should have been the gambler that they went to find to uh, to hack the thing instead of Benicio del Toro. That would have been the 
the best use of him. But yeah, I'm like, fucking Lando's back. I mean, it's probably going to kill him off. They killed off every other original actor so far, but <laughs> it's like the only survivors is Chewie and fucking Lando so far. <laughs> but yeah, there's something about seeing Lando and the fucking Falcon again. Just, just, I'm like, all right, this gives me some hope. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm really kind of curious. Is that a new um, hope? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, and yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's a throwback to the era of, you know, Snoke, Darth Plagueis and everything else. I mean, it's a era in star Wars that I, I miss. Um, and if they're going to bring back the emperor, like, it's been done in the comic books and some of the expanded universe stuff. I mean, there's been clones of the Emperor and other stuff. Well, that I mean, up, here's so here's the issue. It's not a new idea. I'm just wondering how they're going to do it in you this know, version of the story. You've got so many of these characters that are so uber-powered. And they die, you know, like we see on the screen, and some of the least climactic and shittiest ways and it's like hold on you're all powerful how did you not see that coming (laughs) so you know i'm kind of wondering if how much of the last movie is going to get retconned because jj obviously had a plan and when he didn't direct the sequel i think the new guy kind of went off off book because you know he kind of portrayed Snoke as being the new emperor and then he just kind of dies like a bitch in the middle of the second movie with no every explanation of where he came from and who the hell is this guy <laughs> just yeah I don't know it's like it's it's kind of like you know now that JJ's back is he gonna kind of complete the story that he he started and we get something that makes a little more sense than Last Jedi did I mean that's kind of what I'm hoping um, yeah, but- yeah I hope he re- writes the ship because yeah that second movie was just not <laughs> great. Well, speaking of um, not great, you know the the X Men franchise is guilty of having some not so great films. <laughs> However, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that Dark Phoenix doesn't seem to be shaping up that way. Um, so we got our our latest trailer for Dark Phoenix and um. The more I see of this film, the more anticipation and everything else I, you know, have for it. I mean... Yeah, the... I gotta say the non-Brian Singer, like the the new generation X-Men movies have been maybe better than the original trilogy. So, I mean, I'll, I'll give this a shot. You know, and it's supposed to be kind of, I guess, take place in the, in the... Like the last one was kind of the 80s. This one, I think, is supposed to be taking place in the... In the early 90s. So I want like, you know, OG X-Men animated series type shit. <laughs> yes. Um, so, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, we got till June 7th to uh, see this film and everything. But, um, you know, right now I'm, I'm optimistic. And uh, and this is probably going to wrap everything up because now we're... This is like the last pre-Disney takeover X-Men movie. So... Here on out, they're probably going to get dragged into the MCU or just rebooted completely. So, I mean, hopefully they'll just kind of go out on a high note before they yes, reboot the whole series again. Yes, that's what I'm hoping. I mean, you know, because here, I mean, we get to see Phoenix, full power, everything else. I mean. Yeah, it looks like they've done a better job than that third, uh, whatever, X-Men United or whatever that third uh, original X-Men movie was, which was kind of a disappointing version of 
Dark Phoenix. Yeah, let's let's not talk about that. <laughs> let's, let's let's focus on the positive here, my friend. I mean, you know, because there's there's so much in the X Men universe that I love from a comic book standpoint that has just sucked when it comes to big screen or home release. And, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, X-Men has almost been, like, you know, a little bit DC-ish, you know. It can go either way. Like, <laughs> yeah. there's been some films that have truly Hit stood, you know, alone. And it's like, that is a great fucking film. There's others that, you know, it's yeah, like... Days of Future Past was good. The, the X-Men First Class was good. The whatever, Apocalypse Rising or whatever the hell that one, that one was just kind of, eh. But, yeah, this one has the potential to be, look pretty, at least from the trailer, looks pretty badass. Yes, absolutely. So, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of stoked for it. I mean, I always like to uh, see some of the powerful characters. Speaking of powerful characters, switch gears and talk a little bit about the, uh, the Fast and the Furious franchise. And I'm not even sure how we can say this is Fast and Furious franchise anymore. <laughs> I mean, this will. I mean, it's kind of like the. No, the, it's, it's not. <laughs> not well, at all. It's like Tokyo Drift when that came out, and it was a. No, not at all. Yeah, you know, offshoot of the. <laughs> yeah, you know, we have Fast and the Furious presents Calvin and Hobbes. I mean, uh, <laughs> Hobbes and Shaw, or whatever it's called. Yeah, it, it's now turned into a buddy cop spy film. <laughs> it's like the buddy you cop know what James Bond movie. This is going to be Hobbes Shaw Redemption. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm game. I mean, these movies. Hey, know. whatever. You've got two huge ass A list actors that are doing what we like to see those you know actors do is kick ass. We got some badass action, and um, this looks like based on the latest trailer, it's going to shape up to be pretty much all action. Yeah, um, balls. I mean, that's that's what you get from a Fast and the Furious film. It, but, it, I mean, you know... just dumb action movies. And well, I mean, I, I like... I like a I, dumb action movie. I, I like to go to the roots of Fast and the Furious. You know, I kind of like the whole street racing scene and that type of stuff, you know. It, it was kind of cool to, to see that where... It's kind of turned into triple X. This is like... How far over the top? So, okay, yes, we get the epic, you know, helicopter boss battle because you always need a <laughs> helicopter boss battle. We've got these, you know, multi-thousand-pound trucks that we could tether this helicopter to. But, no, we really need Rock to, you know, just show off his arm muscles and one-arm this helicopter around and create a big explosion because... And we're going to have to jump out of a building not? at some point. No, the, the cars jump into the buildings now. They oh, don't okay. jump out, you know... <laughs> That's, yeah, it's it's definitely gone like the way of Triple X at this point. It's just extreme sports. But James I mean, Bond. it just I I don't know. I mean, I love Vin Diesel and Triple X, and I like the Triple X movies. Um, not necessarily just the ones found on Pornhub, but uh, <laughs> um, you know. Uh, speaking of which, the God. new uh, uh, Game of Thrones porn parody, a Game of Bones, apparently is uh, coming out. Why soon. not? Because winter is coming. <laughs> and I guess there's going to be a marketing shirt, you know, a, a t-shirt that says, I'm winter and I'm coming or something, you know, I mean. The white whackers. <laughs> oh, good times. <clears throat> All right. Well, speaking of uh, child whackers and whatnot, um, you know, uh, white whackers. Uh, you, you ever hear of a little film called Child's Play? 
Ah, oh, yes, the the series of of child's play. And this is one franchise that it's gotten just, more and more fucked up as it goes. I mean, it started out, you know, we had the the occult, the demonic, you know, possession aspect of the the you know good buddy doll. Now, now it looks and then we like we just went full comedy with Seed to Chucky, Bride Chucky. I mean, you can't take yourself things. too seriously. Well, now it looks like you know somebody's hacked the the buddy AI system and it's you know ability to be whole home automation and you know watch out you know your 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 Googles your you know Amazon Echoes and you know whatever other devices you're using because um, you know maybe it's not a little doll that's yielding a knife maybe maybe something you know even more menacing is afoot. Yeah, from the new trailer. But I kind of like how they tied it into network and, you know, yeah. they, they futurized it to modern like, audiences. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's like Chucky has like a whole range of powers now. It's like, it's if your Amazon Alexa or, or you know, whatever the other thing is, like went batshit crazy. It's like, hey, we got this doll that's tied into your home, whole home automations. Any It can connect with any... Microsoft or whatever the fictional movie universe version of Microsoft product is and control everything your drones, your lawnmower, your heating, you know, and I don't know if the they're still going to work the whole serial killer possessing a computer thing or not, but it just kind of looks like remember that movie Small Soldiers with the where they used a, oh yeah the tiny toy storger, soldiers yeah where they took a, like surplus like military combat chips and used them in a toy and like the fucking hunter killer program took over it's yeah this one looks to have less to do with demon possession and some kind of like rogue AI story which is if you're gonna reboot something uh, I mean it's I guess giving it a fresh look but it also I mean this is from the producers of it. So it looks like they're going back to the roots of it being a serious horror movie instead of the comedy stuff that it has turned into in previous iterations. And of course, you know, Luke Skywalker himself, Mark Hamill, is the now the voice of Chucky, so he can do a good creepy laugh. I mean, his his uh, run of the Joker has been the man can do creepy if you let him. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I am interested to see what, what this is gonna gonna you know do as much as I. Hate rebates, reboots, and remakes. I mean, it's got potential from this trailer to be legit, like scary. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, but that's kind of been the the other side of Chucky, because as menacing as he is, he's always been kind of quirky and a little bit smartass. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are they going to make him too serious? Because uh, that's c- kind of like you know, even even in the like first Chucky movies where it's was a legit slasher horror movie. He still had kind of the Freddy Krueger-esque wisecracking. Yes. And then they started leaning hard into the comedy in the later films. But you know, even when he was a serious horror movie, he still had the funny elements. And from this trailer, I didn't see a whole lot of funny. <laughs> no, I did not either. Um, so who knows? I mean, as we have learned, sometimes in trailers, what you see is exactly what you're going to get. And other times... Hold on to your seats, because it might just be batshit crazy. Chris Angel mind fucking. <laughs> well, um, let's let's circle back. You want to talk about Star Wars again? Sure. Okay, well, this time we're going to talk about a video game. Um, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. 
Yeah, this looks pretty badass. So, you know, I'm. It absolutely looks badass. I'm a big fan of the Studio Respawn, but knowing the fact that EA has their nasty little fingers in it and what they've done with some previous Star Wars game, I am still very much cautiously optimistic well, because, you know, EA, they brought us Battlefront 2, which was. Online only, microtransactions galore. Multiplayer only. Multiplayer. And, you know, well, single player games are dying. Well, you know, Respawn comes out and says, hey, let's give the fans what they want. So here's a single player, no DLC, no microtransactions, no online, no multiplayer, just a single player story campaign. Like, you've been screaming about for years, this is what you want. We're going to give it to you and see if it sells. So, like I said, I've not bought a game in a while because, yes, said, everything's gone multiplayer online. And, hell, I just don't have the time to, you know, put into that, you know, now that I'm, like, you know, old married man with a couple of kids. So, I've not bought a new video game in forever. But this, I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to dedicate some time because this is, like, exactly the anti-social behavior I've been wanting in my video game world. Like, I don't have to fuck with online shit. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. So, you know. And it looks like it has a pretty epic story from what, you know, we've seen in this trailer. Well, I mean, it looks like, you know, from the, you know, um, let's see, uh, Calcatus is, you know, looks like he has survived um, Order 66. And then from there, you know, it looks like. Um. I'm trying to piece all of this together because, you know, not not too much is known about the these Yeah, stories. from the trailer so, it just looks like he's a guy like, who's been hiding out as a construction guy and and gets busted as being force sensitive and then you have to go the way of learning to be a Jedi to defend yourself and take on some kind of epic mission. <laughs> but yeah, as far as story goes, it's not really revealed a whole lot, but the action sequences and cut sequences that show, and I mean, visually, it looks pretty badass. Yes, absolutely. And you know, it looks like this game, you know, is from a combat system standpoint, is going to be very melee heavy, which is exactly what you want in a Star Wars game. Yeah, because the whatever the two Force Unleashed games were were pretty awesome. So if it's kind of going back to that, you know, single player. You know, just melee combat and get, letting you control, you know, the force. Because nothing better than picking up a Jawa and just spinning him until he pukes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's one of my favorite things in that Force Unleashed. You just pick up a Jawa and just keep spinning him. And he's like jibber-jabbering <laughs> as you spin him. Like, let me down! <laughs> and then you throw him into a stormtrooper. Yes. So um, November 15th is when we will have our release date um, for both PC and consoles. Um, If you so choose, you can actually pre-order the game on Origin already. Um, This comes with two editions, a standard and a deluxe, which the deluxe will include um, some extra cosmetics and behind-the-scenes features and content. So, um, you know... Sounds like we actually get a complete game <laughs> instead of something that we're going to have to buy. Yeah, 50 I mean, I, I, for. I unfortunately feel like oftentimes you're paying, you know, 60, 70 bucks for a game, and most of the time you're getting an unfinished product, and then it's like, 
oh, well, this DLC come out that just expanded the story. And it's like, actually, I think that was a complete story. You just <laughs> wanted yeah. to rush to make this deadline and now sell me this thing for another $15. And Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, any other uh, tidbits of news, anything you'd like to share with the listeners? Well, also speaking of Star Wars, uh, Coca-Cola has announced they're making exclusive Coke products for the Disney you know, Star Wars, Galaxies, Universe, or whatever the hell they're calling that thing. So they're going to have a... If you go to the Star Wars parks when they open up and buy a, any kind of Coke product, it's going to come in its own special Star Wars-themed container, which kind of looks like those Christmas editions they released a couple of years ago where it's like a round ball BB-8-looking motherfucker, but it's got like a fancy cap on it to make it look like it's from a galaxy far, far away. And instead of it saying Coke or Diet Coke or whatever, it's actually written in the... Star Wars language, so it looks you know in universe and yeah, you know, it's kind of a they should change cool that novelty to be item. Yeah, in a state no, not so far away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, you can check us out on cigarnerdpodcast.com. We're also on the ESO network at esonetwork.com. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. We're also on. Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Cigar Nerd Pod. You can get your shirts at realmensmokecigars.com. You can get your energy drinks at strikeforceenergy.com. Promo code Cigar Nerds for 20% off your order. And with that, remember, if there is ever an end to this forever war, it will be because of you and your strong right hand. And this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We are your hosts, Smokin' Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.